This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. New episode, guys. This is episode 688. Be sure to turn in tomorrow morning as well. We've got Phil Nadal joining, who is Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. He is her business partner in VC. So he breaks down what Barbara Corcoran looks for in new deals. Heck, maybe he'll invest in your company. Good morning, everybody. My guest this morning is Joseph May. He's the founder of The Breton Company. Now, he launched this company last year in 2016 by running a Kickstarter campaign for the modern day briefcase. Prior to The Breton Company, he worked as an attorney at a couple of different law firms and director of operations and in-house counsel at a company called Freshly Picked. Joseph, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes. Okay, yep. good. So, so, so tell us about this idea. So what were you doing at Freshly Picked and why leave a cushy legal job to go in and start your own company? Well, the, the legal job, I, I guess they're cushy, but they're no fun. <laughs> and so that's kind of, I just, when I was at Freshly Picked, I just found that I really like to create products and be a part of the design process. And I had this idea for this backpack when I was traveling in Italy working and it just kind of kept bouncing around my head. And I learned a little, a little bit about Kickstarter and the original intention was just to launch it in the morning. So I'd get up at four 30 in the morning and work on designing this product and work on kind of starting this company. And then it kind of got to the point where it was just time for me. It was a great time for me to leave and great time for, you know, it, it was great for freshly picked for me to leave. It was great for me to leave. And so I was just like, well, I'll try it. Let's go for it. And how old were you when you left? How old was I? Uh, 33. Okay. 33. And what salary did you give up at freshly picked? What salary did it? Uh, I was in the, Oh, I was in the seventies. Okay, got it. So call it 70, 80K? I think so. I, I, I can't remember exactly. It was in that range. But well, it was in that I range always there. like to get into the psyche of kind of where entrepreneurs' minds were when they made the decision to do their own thing. So you were giving up yeah. a salary. I, I, did you, are, you, are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah, I have kids. I have four kids. Wow. Okay, when you launched the company, yeah. you had four kids. Yeah. yeah Dude, so you must four. have had, your wife is going, you can't do this in, unless we have this much in savings, I imagine. Or did you just really go all the way at it? Nothing in savings, four kids, and you're going to figure it out as you go. Well, so, I mean, basically what was happening at Freshly Picked is they, they needed a better operations person. They needed, to, like, I'm a trained attorney. I'm not, I don't have the operations skill set. And they found someone and it was just like, they didn't need me around anymore. And so it was yeah. like, okay, I can go get another job and kind of start over a new company, or I can just try this. And so we were in a, a position financially where it's like, let's try this. Let's just go after this for a year. What do you mean by that, by the way? You, you could afford to, like, take a year off basically and try a startup? Yeah, I yeah, that, yeah, it was, in, I mean, and I was like, we were, we went all in, but it was, I just wanted to try it. I wanted to see what, if I could do it. And so, okay. So by the way, do you have one of these briefcases next to you so we could see it? Yeah. What's it look it like? Yeah. Uh, so this is it right here. Got it. Okay. So these aren't, these aren't literal briefcases. They're actually, they're backpacks too. Very well yeah. designed. Yeah. They're backpacks that we call the modern day briefcase. And yeah. what did you, so what did the Kickstarter do in terms of total money raised from how many backers? So just on Kickstarter, we did 240,000. If you count our Indiegogo campaign, we got to about 280. Why did you make total. the choice to launch on both? Um, so Kickstarter is a great place to launch for um, the, the start because it's the biggest 
website. It's bigger than Indiegogo. It's bigger than all the rest. And Indiegogo has this feature that's called Indiegogo On Demand. So as soon as your Kickstarter campaign ends, you can go into an Indiegogo On Demand campaign, which you don't have to hit a goal or anything. It's just if people buy when they get one. It's just a platform to send people for pre-orders and where people are comfortable ordering like they are comfortable pre-ordering on Kickstarter. So about half a million, it sounds like, between the two platforms. How many units was that? Well, it was about, yeah, uh, so it was 16, total was 1,600 units. Okay, and sorry, how much revenue? It sounds like you were going to correct me. So it was about 280. Altogether? Yeah. Okay, so, yes. so call it 1,200 units, uh, about quarter of a million bucks uh, in total sales, and you're going, okay, there's something here. Why did it work so well? Did you hire a consultant to help you with this, or was it just your pretty face showing the Italian <laughs> factories and people going, I want this? Yeah, so I mean, I think my pretty face had something to do with it. <laughs> it's that comb over. That comb over, you can't beat it. <laughs> but uh, um, so I, I was at Freshly Picked, I had the opportunity to learn a ton about Instagram. That's one of the things I do really well. One of the many things I do really well is Instagram marketing. And so I got a really good, um, deep knowledge of it. And I, I started looking around and I found some a couple hacks. One of them was you could pay people to post who had bigger accounts. You know, have a million people, you can pay them a couple hundred bucks for a couple posts. And I did a lot of that. Um, I got connected with Funded Today. Or um, I met Zach through some friends. Or I, I think I even just sent him an email. And yeah, we just started talking. And we went out to lunch. And we I built was, a relationship. I would just, guys, I got to give a shout out to Zach real quick. Because I, I, I asked that question, curious if you were going to mention Zach. So we had Zach on back in episode, I believe it was 178 at com forward slash the top 178. Zach is the guy that's like... All the Kickstarter campaigns or crowdfunding that I've heard that have done well, this guy has his hand in it. Uh, he has a network. You know, they've, he's done over $60 million in, in funding campaigns. And it sounds like, Joseph, he also worked with you. Yeah, he was great. Um, I, got, I talked to him before I launched my campaign. I used Funded Today from the beginning. Um, and even in my campaign, about a weekend, because the original idea was to make the backpack in the U.S., and to sell it for two forty nine, and we were doing okay. I think we had about eighteen thousand dollars in funds raised. Uh -huh. But I mean, I, I wasn't doing a Kickstarter to make fifty thousand dollars. Like I was doing a Kickstarter to break six figures to really see if we could make a company out of it. And I just very quickly started to realize, okay, this isn't work. We have to push this up. And so we immediately we I have a lot of manufacturing contacts from my days at Freshly Picked. Got a quote from somebody overseas switched up the whole campaign. So it was going to be less expensive because we were going to make it overseas, even though, you know, we were going to keep all the materials from the same people. And we, about a weekend, we changed the price of our campaign and said, okay, it's no longer made in the U S it's going to be made in Asia. And this is the new price point. And we kind of reset my campaign about seven days in and we're able to raise another $220,000. Got it. Got it. That makes good sense. And then from the Kickstarter to today, uh, have you raised any outside capital or all bootstrapped? All bootstrapped. We've uh, we're actually in a point. I think next week will be the first time we've had inventory. We've just every time we're about to get new product in, we sell them, and so we're going to get inventory in next week, and then we have a little bit that we're getting, and then we'll have a bunch coming in June. So we're really kind of taking that leap now. Finally, well, we're in a position where we're able to take that leap, but totally bootstrapped. Totally bootstrapped. Yeah, got it. So break us down in 2016. What was total volume in terms of sales, including the Kickstarter and Indiegogo and crowdfunding? So we did about four. Oh, I had about four hundred thousand in revenue. And about how many first, units? 
Oh shoot! Off the top of my head, about nineteen hundred. Nineteen hundred units. And and what's your goal for twenty sixteen? Or 17, 2017 goal. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, our new goal is this year. We're going to launch. We're going to try to launch like uh, four or five Kickstarters, just to see like what we have, what what our company is, how can we, how fast we can grow it, um, what type of customers we have. I mean, that's our goal is just to kind of figure out what what's going on. Yeah. And like, and find out in a year by running a lot of Kickstarter campaigns whether or not like this is something to really pursue or something you know that was a nice bridge to something else. Now, which one of these is your is your best seller? I'm on your products page right now. <laughs> the the blue backpack is our best. And is the that the modern the one modern day briefcase blue? Yeah, the blue modern day briefcase. Yeah, that's by far the best seller. Okay, and it goes for 199 bucks, right? Yep. Okay, so break us down. You're a supply chain kind of guy. So I mean, what does this cost you to produce typically? So we're we come at about sixty five dollars to produce. Um, we get we we source. We could probably do it for 50 if we did cheaper leather, but we get our leather from Italy from this really nice tannery who does like all the leather for like Christian Dior and Mont Blanc, all these really expensive companies. And these are some really good friends of mine that I built a good relationship with. And it's just, I mean, that's part of the reason I did it is I wanted to have a really high quality bag that just looked better. The leather just continued to look better every year. And then what does it cost you in terms of marketing spend, et cetera, uh, to sell one of these units? So we don't exact, we don't have, we don't have the a number up to this point because it's it's been kind of it's fluctuated, you know, so so much from the Kickstarter to off the Kickstarter. But I think we're about twenty to thirty dollars right now. Like okay. if we do a Facebook spend, and um, it, we usually get about twenty to thirty dollars per so, bag. So is it fair to say at a two hundred dollar price point, you're spending sixty five bucks on cost of goods sold, so one hundred thirty five dollars is your gross margin, and then call another thirty bucks there below the line so you're profiting in terms of EBITDA of about a hundred bucks per bag is that accurate I mean that's not you know yeah I mean that that's probably I mean we're starting to hire people we're starting to grow so that number is shrinking and it's changing so yeah but I mean that's about right kind of a rough estimate, yeah okay and what is the so so tell us about one of these this Instagram strategy so name an influencer you paid and how do you know how many sales you got from that Instagram post so that so last year when we ran our campaign was right before kicks uh, Instagram really started messing with their algorithm and giving people more information. It was actually called dark traffic on Bitly. Like we had a link in my Instagram profile, and anything that came through that they called it dark traffic, which always made me chuckle. So we can't really pinpoint an exact insta uh, influencer that uh, drove a ton of traffic. I mean, I got on um, uh, little hip squeaks or. Yeah, little hip or no June and January. It's a uh, mommy blogger brand. She posted and we sold seventeen like within an hour. So I know that we can kind of correlate. Well, at least like maybe one or two weren't didn't come from her, but you know like seven we could we could tie at least fifteen to her. Um, and what'd you pay for that post? Oh, she's a friend of mine. I oh. actually helped her out with a legal matter previously, and so she she just helped me out. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what what do you, like? Let's say you spend $500 to get an Instagram post. What do you expect in terms of sales from that? So uh, it, so there's two things. I mean, I would expect to get uh, probably five sales, but then there's also, I call it the long tail sale because you get a lot of people who end up following us on, following you on Instagram. We have 40,000 followers. Now we got, we got 40,000 followers in one year. And what ends up happening is you overwhelm these people with awesomeness every day. And then two months later they say, okay, now I'm going to finally buy one. I've been following you for two months. I'm going to buy one now. I just can't get enough of this bag. Yep. And so it's hard. It's hard to actually, I think it's hard to calculate 
exact the exact return because you, you start getting these long tail returns as you get people to follow you on Instagram and interact with you and engage and and you keep showing them the bag and different awesome things about the bag and then at some point they say okay I'm gonna buy it now or you have them in stock I'm gonna buy them or you know there's a you kind of break them down I guess over are time. you handling the Instagram strategy all yourself or have you hired a firm to kind of help you scale this find influencers make your own posts etc so up until now, um, I had I had someone help me in the fall when we ran. We actually ran another campaign uh, last December for another bag, and he kind of helped me through that. And he's moved on to a different job right now. I'm doing it on my own, and I'd say about ninety percent of it I've done on my own. Okay, so got it. Very good. Any what other growth strategies are you using to sell to make these sales? Um, trying to get people on our email list. Uh, our like our main our main goal right now of all marketing and all pushing you know our brand out there is to make people aware and to aggregate their information, whether we aggregate them on Instagram or aggregate them on an email list. And then we try to work them through the funnel to yeah. get the, a conversion on them. And so I think and rather than trying to sell them right away, it's let's get their information. Let's get them in a funnel where we can tell them about the bag, tell them about our story, give them a little bit more emotion behind the bag and understand why the backpack is actually worth $199. Yeah, I'm actually about to buy this guy has been my go to my Swiss backpack because I could wear it oh, to yeah. a board meeting or I can wear it when I'm on the beach in Bondi in Australia, yeah. right with getting sand on it. The problem is I've used it so much. The bottom has literally worn away from rubbing against my ass. And it's about to like oh, wow. break here on the bottom. So I'm in the market for a new backpack. Yeah. And these are actually very interesting. Um, uh, how, are they th like, are they weatherproof? If I put my computer in there and I get rained on, is it going to get wet? So they're made of wax. They're made with wax cotton, which isn't exactly waterproof, but it's like water resistant. And so yeah. it will, it'll, it'll protect your stuff to a point. Obviously if you're in like an, in Asia or in Seattle and you're in one of those massive, like monsoon rainstorms, you want to get a rain cover yeah. and we, we sell those or we had, we sold them in our Kickstarter and we'll probably put them up on our website again yep. at, at some point. But I mean, there's, it, it's more, I mean, you're looking more for the look, you yep. know, like, like anytime you're buying a nicer looking bag and I mean, the wax cotton will age with you. It'll age is just like leather work. It starts to kind of take on the marks and really just starts to look good. I mean, this bag I showed you right here, this is over a year old and I've kind of, I've really put hammered this bag and yep. it looks almost brand new. It doesn't yeah, look fine. beat up. Yeah. So, I mean, you can use, the leather has a couple marks in the bottom, but yeah. So, I mean, they're really made to last like 10 years. What, um, what's your team size to date? So right now there are two of us, okay. both, uh, like two and a half. Cause I, I work with some kind of couple different contractors outside we use a fulfillment house. We don't ship our own stuff just if, to keep things simple. If I, if I offered you 20 grand for 10% of the company, would you take it? No. What, what, what would, uh, what would you do with extra capital? And if, and if you had a value for it, what would you give up? Uh, I mean the extra capital we'd use for inventory. That'd be mm -hmm. the number one thing we'd use to get more inventory in and, you know, to use to sell the inventory. Mm -hmm. Uh, what percentage? I, I don't even know. I mean, it, it's, I had a friend who was actually trying to invest a month ago and I, what I told him is I said, I don't know what we're really doing a hundred percent. So to take money from you would be dishonest. And I think it would also kind of give us a false sense of security by saying, oh, we have like an extra $100,000 and we had to give up, you know, only 20% of our company, but it's like, we didn't really earn that $120,000 at this point. And we don't really know how exactly how we're going to use it. So that's one of the reasons we're going to try out all these different products and really just see how far we can take what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't sell any portion of the business. 
I don't think so. I, I, and, and mainly just because I don't know exactly what we're doing. I if think I, if I told you, if I told you I wouldn't buy a bat, so I have a huge Instagram following. Uh, I've got about 5 million people across all the accounts that I own, their travel accounts, their fashion accounts, <laughs> their my account. But yeah. I wouldn't buy a bag from you uh, unless I had actually equity in the company because I want to know that every time I'm making a post, uh, the, the value of the company that I'm in or I'm posting about is, is going yeah. up. You're saying that kind of deal would not interest you. It would depend on the equity percentage. Yeah. Honestly, because I mean, there are influencer percentages. People do that, you know, stance socks did that with Jay-Z when they started out. Yep. And there, there's very, if it's, you know, strategic and there's like a value out of that, I think that's one thing like with a influencer where it's like, okay, we could like take this, not just to backpacks. We could take it to wallets. We could take it to other travel bags and build something off of that. I think there's some value. Out yeah. Of I mean, this is like, this is the brilliance of like the chubbies model, right? When I say chubbies now they're building a brand where it's getting to a point where you actually know what a chubbies guy looks like. And, and like, once you know that it, it just drives so many sales. You've heard of these, right? Chubby shorts. I think so. Yeah. 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 So like I'm looking through your Instagram feed and um, it's a lot uh, like you, the, the product looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, but but uh, like the fate, like the type of person that it's for. Um, oh, and you have the, you have beautiful women wearing them, too. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, it's going to be fun to watch how you build the brand uh, is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. And, and that's kind of a, we're at that kind of place where we're trying to figure out exactly what we're doing and who are we selling it to and who's interested. Yeah. Are the percentages are most of the sales from men? Actually, no, I think. Um, well, people who use it, I think more men than women use it. But I think we're about 50 50 for women buying it As because gifts. they're buying it. They're buying it. Yeah. For gifts or buying it for others. Cause there's that whole statistic that women buy more for themselves and for their partners or for their brothers or than like the men buy for themselves. Yep. And so it's actually easier to target women or to target people who will tell their wives or their sisters or, you know, moms or whatever to help them without. That's with right. Like I told you guys at the top of this episode, I have amazing data and you guys know from my interview style, I love data, but what I love more than data is making it actionable via beautiful dashboards that I can view on my phone, on my TVs, in my living room, or even on my laptop as I'm traveling. And the company that I use to create these dashboards, which pulls in data from my Libsyn backend, my Google Analytics backend, Salesforce, and other data sources is called Clipfolio. You can see an example executive dashboard or my social media command center or my web metrics dashboard at nathanlaka.com forward slash analytics. That's nathanlaka.com forward slash analytics. And you can try it there for free for three months. It's Clipfolio. You can try it free for three months. Everybody else has to pay. So you get it free for three months. Alan's a good friend. He's the CEO of the company. He came on the show. I said, I love your product. Can I feature it? So NathanLacka.com forward slash analytics. Go check it out now. Hey, let's wrap up here with the famous five. You ready? All right. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, I, the last one I read I really liked was The Shoe Dog by uh, Phil Knight's a biography or autobiography about how Nike started. Yep. Um, I'm not I'm not really great on like the tactical business books I because they get kind of too much in the minutia and philosophy. I really like kind of like a biography that tells a story about a business that just kind of like was able to happen. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, off the top of my head. I think the one I, I probably pay attention to most, even though he's gone is like Steve jobs. Okay. I look a lot of like what he did when he was building Apple and 
and kind of how he helped Pixar move and, and what he did there. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Um, I think Grum, Grum dashboard. It allows you to put up posts for Instagram, and then they actually get posted from that desktop program. Saves a lot of time. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, in between like five and six. Okay, and you said you're currently, you said 33 with four kids and married? Uh, I'm now 35. 35. <laughs> so, four, four kids, though, and married, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so last question. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, I think I, that's a hard question. I think I just tell myself just to keep going. Because yeah. I went to law school, and there's just a lot of different things I've learned that along the way that really help. And so I just say, just keep going, man. Life will be great. There you guys have it from the founder of Breton again, Joseph. And his lesson keep going and pushing forward again he founded the company uh back about a year and a half ago did about uh, 1200 units via crowdfunding campaigns last year did about almost half a million dollars in sales with 1900 dollars units moved focused on growing this year uh healthy unit economics on the thing on a 200 price point on his bestseller 65 dollars goes to cost to goods sold it's about 135 dollars gross margin and then call it another 30 40 bucks in advertising to get that sale to bring net margin to about 100 bucks they're growing big goals joseph thank you for taking us to the top yeah have a great one if you enjoyed today's episode, go back and listen to Jeremy yesterday. He was living the high finance tech life in Monaco, living the life, getting it all. But he quit. And now he places advertisements on digital billboards with his new company, Vistar Media. So why did he give it all up? Go listen to yesterday's episode to find out. It would mean the world to me if you guys got any value from this episode, if you would go leave a review on iTunes right now and then subscribe. You know, I hustle like heck to get these episodes out every freaking day for you guys. And trust me, I love it. I would do it with no listeners. But boy, oh boy, it makes my day and it makes my team's day when we see great reviews and get your feedback. So thanks so much. Okay, Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan.